the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, radio on Twitter, where today on the podcast have our uh, Mile High Sports contributor for the Broncos, Zach Seegers, here joining me in the studio. He's going to talk a little bit about, uh, well, our topic of the podcast, which is the, well, three keys. We're going to look forward to the Chicago Bears as they come to Denver. Vic Fangio in his debut at home in front of the Blue and Orange Faithful. Will he be able to get it done against his former team? And what are going to be the three big keys on why or why not the Broncos will collect a win on Sunday? So that's coming up on the podcast. But first, our friends over there at Pro Football Focus, you got to prepare to win this season at PFF Fantasy. Now, I know week one is done, but here's the thing. PFF, they offer the most in-depth stats and analysis for projections and matchup tools so you can find breakout players or maybe, just maybe, you could find a gem in that waiver wire that uh, you could utilize through our friends at Pro Football Focus. That's PFF.com. And use the promo code PFF25 to save 25% off your order. And if you're a high-stakes player like me, join PFF Elite to access their Green Line game picks for NFL and college games. Green Line shows you which picks have the highest confidence to beat the spread, the money line over unders. Join PFF today and prepare to win at PFF.com and use the promo code PFF25 to save 25% off a limited time. A lot of great stuff over there at Pro Football Focus. Go check it out at PFF.com. Save 25% off. PFF25 is your promo code. It's our Broncos Blitz podcast Going to go over our three keys to a Broncos win. But first, want to introduce Zach. Zach, of course, contributor at MileHighSports.com. you got a lot of great articles going on up there. And, of course, a lot of stuff coming soon. Zach, where can they find you on Twitter? They can find me on Twitter at Zach underscore Seegers. That's Z-A-C-H underscore S-E-G-A-R-S. All righty. So, Zach, let's get started with our three keys to the game. And maybe um, I want to be a little creative on my three. I don't know how creative you are with yours. So I want to avoid the real, the low-hanging fruit, right? Because I think it's pretty easy to say a big mismatch and, and a big key to the game is going to be the Broncos blocking Khalil Mack, right? Like, you know, that that's, it's anybody can say that, right? I want to go a little bit deeper. So I want to start with the running backs for the Broncos versus the Bears linebackers. And the reason why I say this is because the Bears play a real nice soft defense. And so there's opportunities for Joe Flacco with good anticipation to get the ball to a Royce Freeman or, or to a Phillip Lindsay out in space and to make some plays. But Here's the thing. The Bears linebackers, they have a re- they have a lot of speed at linebacker and they have a real good approach to rallying to the football. And I think that's actually what Vic Fangio is trying to instill in this defense and maybe they just don't have the talent to get there because a Todd Davis's injury and obviously they don't have uh, uh you know the, as much speed as they'd like in Josie Jewell and some of their depth guys. Uh, But the Broncos running backs, if they can make a man miss or make some plays open in space, because I think they're going to get opportunities. Uh, They've just got to make plays against some really good Bears linebackers, and I'm not sure if they're going to be able to do that, but I think that is a crucial, crucial part to the Broncos' success coming up this Sunday. I agree, and I think 
onus is going to be more on Royce Freeman to take over the game from the running back position because mm-hmm. the Bears linebackers are so good in coverage. And I, I don't see Lindsey having much success on those wheeled routes and passes out to the flats to him. I think they'll be shut down almost immediately. I think if you're going to want to beat the Bears, you kind of got to play their style of football, and it's going to be a tough physical game, and you're going to want to hand the ball up the middle to Royce Freeman a ton mm. and just hope you can eventually uh, wear that really tough linebacking core down because you're not just going to beat them with speed with Lindsey. Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith can cover too much ground. Oh, absolutely. And look, this is a Bears team that uh, you look everywhere on the line with Hicks, with uh, the the linebackers. I mean, you just mentioned all. I mean, Danny Trevathan, former Bronco, that has been tremendous. Obviously, we know how good of a player Khalil Mack is in Roquan Smith. But even in the secondary with uh, Jackson and uh, some of those guys we've talked about a lot because Vic Fangio is here and how they helped groom those guys into their roles. So, uh, obviously, a tough defense that is going to take um, – it's going to take a lot from this Broncos offense. Uh, what is your uh, key to the, at least one of your keys uh, to the Broncos beating the Bears? I'd say it's the exact same thing, but in reverse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those Bears running backs against the Broncos linebackers. It's no secret that the inside linebacking core for the Broncos is one of the weak points on this team. I mean, you're asking Todd Davis if he's healthy, but he might not even be. You're asking Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell to hopefully lock down Tariq Cohen. I mean, Philip Lindsay might not have much success on wheel routes and uh, uh, whatnot against the Bears linebackers, but I think Tariq Cohen, if the Broncos let him slip by him, could just roast them yeah. on multiple uh, uh, quick plays. And then David Montgomery is no slouch either. Like, they underutilized him in the first game, in my opinion, but he can be used in the pass game. He can be used as a power runner. Like, I think that's going to be the determining factor for the Broncos. And I tell you what, a lot of people in fantasy like this David Montgomery guy. He's a playmaker. He can he's he's catch really passes, really talented, just a lot of pure skill and uh, a lot of good play there from uh, the Broncos, or excuse me, the Bears running back in Montgomery. Of course, the Broncos Blitz podcast, of course, presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on Tap and 100 Colorado Distilled Spirits. Be sure to go check out our friends over there at Tap 14, that's Tap 14 on the web, tap14.com, tap14.com. So I guess great minds think alike, Zach. <laughs> uh, running backs versus linebackers, a key part of this, obviously. Look, we think the Broncos defense, or at least I do, I don't want to speak for you, um, but I think this Broncos defense is better than what they showed against Oakland. I think there's I there's more talent. There's um, maybe just a little bit of knocking off the rust, but certainly against the Bears, it's going to be a big deal for them to stop that. Bears running attack and and more so maybe the receiving attack out of the backfield because they are going to see it. Um, Speaking of wide receivers and really offense in general, this leads to my next key. And this key is a little bit of a creative one. Maybe one you won't think of as much when you're thinking of the, the high profile players of the of the game and the, the bears and what they can do well and the Broncos and what they can do well. Um, My key is, I'm going to tell you that next, right before this quick break. All right, so my second key of the game, I'm going to go a little off the cuff here. Um, Rich Scangarello versus himself. Um, I think Rich Scangarello is a talented play caller from what I've seen so far, at least in his time before Denver. Everybody that I've talked to has said, this guy is, is going to be something in the NFL. This is a guy who, who's going to be able to call some plays. 
but in his debut for the Denver Broncos, he had the swinging gate thing. I mean, we had three offensive linemen on the field. We were looking like the, the Indianapolis Colts where people were screenshotted and, and the Broncos were just getting laughed at. He had the very ill-advised, uh, you know, Noah Fant handoff to start the game. And and I think that's just Rich Scangarello just being a little too cutesy, a little too geeked up maybe. This is uh, his first time doing it, and he really wants to make a strong impression. And, you know, maybe he wants to, to kind of mold himself in this creative offensive mind. And look, I don't blame him. Uh, Sean McVay's getting paid a lot of money to be able to do that. But the problem is, is that, I think he went away from what worked in the bread and butter of this Denver team to do some, some of this cutesy stuff. And it, it was almost like he was just beating himself when in reality, it's like, you know what? You got a rushing attack that in that second half, averaging four, four and a half, five yards per carry, run the football, baby, and run it all the way to the goal line and then punch it in. That's why you pay a Royce Freeman who's, what, 6'1", 225, 230. Uh, there's just, it, it's simplifying it. It's, it's understanding that you are good at what you do, and that's running the football, and then open it up for play action. We kind of saw that in the second half. If that just kind of kickstarts early and Deshaun Hamilton catches a touchdown, all of a sudden maybe this is a team that scores 24, 27, maybe 30 points, and maybe it's a totally different week one. I'm going to give him the mulligan and knock it off the rust against Oakland. I don't want to see that against the Bears. I do not need to see cutesy you know, uh, swing gate or triple option or um, flea flicker nonsense. I I just don't see any opportunities where it's like, you know what, just put, just do what you do well and you should be fine. And and I want to see Rich Scangarello really have a solid game uh, calling plays this weekend. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, there were a little bit of those jitters, especially in the first half you saw Mm -hmm. on him trying to find his footing calling plays. In the second half, though, things went really well. The Broncos were able to uh, really drive down the field. I believe I saw they looked confident offense. They did. They had something like seven drives, and on all but one, like they only had one punt. Yeah, you know, they were either driving down the field, missing a field goal, or getting a field goal. So it wasn't too disastrous. I think, like you're saying, he has to simplify it, and you saw him do that in the second half. It seemed like he learned from his mistakes and went, "Hey, this is a running football team. We've got to be predicated on the run." and hit him over the top with play action. And also, and look, that's think, how you're going to have to beat the Bears. You're, you're not going to get cutesy on this Bears defense. They're no. too well coached. They're too talented. Uh, the swinging gate and a handoff to the backside to Noah Fant isn't going to fly against the Bears, especially if it didn't work against the Raiders. Absolutely. And look, I, I think when when confidence was high, he tried this swinging gate play. It didn't work. And uh, I have always said this, and I, and I want to zero in just on Rich Gangarello. All offensive play callers in the NFL. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't mm-hmm. get it. They get so cutesy at the goal line. It's like they they get inside the twenties. They get inside the red zone, and then like this switch flips in their brain, and like they forget how to coach football. And it's like, oh well, let's let's try this triple option where they go roundy round, and it's like, no, yeah. just run the ball, run the ball. Uh, your next key, Zach. My next key is actually another coaching one. And I think uh, you, you had Scangrell against himself. I think to some extent it's Fangio against himself. He's an excellent defensive mind, you know, like a Belichick. Have him game planning that defense during the week. Then when it's game day, hand it over to Ed Donatel to be calling the plays. They've worked together for years. If Fangio's not going to trust Ed Donatel to run the defense, I don't know who he is going to trust. And you could see the the slow adjustments and the problems with him calling defensive plays from the sidelines against the Raiders. 
he's a better defensive coach than that, and the Broncos' defensive talent is better than that. Yeah. Uh, there's no way if Fangio or whoever the defensive play caller is is calling plays from the box that it takes them a whole half to adjust with Yadam. Darren Waller was feasting on him. Yadam was where it was Waldo and the Raiders, every play were going, where's Waldo? That's yes, where we're going with the football. Exactly. And it took the Broncos an entire half to adjust. I think if you give Donatel those play calling duties up in the booth, uh, it happens. And that's not just a, uh, an anti-Fangio thing. No defensive coach has called plays from the sidelines uh, with any sustainability. So I think that has to change. So and now Vic Fangio told us on Tuesday that Ed Donatel was not going up to the box. Uh, I'm sounds like you disagree. Yeah, I entirely disagree. I mean, again, they've had so much experience working together. If you're not going to uh, put your faith in Ed Donato to run the defense, I don't know who you're going to put your faith no. in as Vic Fangio. And I think it has to be done. It's it's no, not even Bill Belichick calls defensive plays from the sidelines. He game plans during the week, which I think Fangio should, of course, do. But once it comes to game time, he gives it to whoever else, Brian Flores last year. I, I don't know who it is this year up in the booth and he goes call the plays because to, for defensive play calling you really need that bird's eye view and I think Fangio is going to struggle with it as long as he tries to make those he, calls from the sidelines yeah here's my theory on this whole situation and I agree I think Donatel should be in the box but I almost feel like I think Vic don't doesn't want to admit it and again this is just my personal thought I, I think Vic is still feeling out and learning the sideline coaching aspect of this whole thing yeah Let's also remember, Vic Fangio is a defensive mind, okay? All his life, he has been a defensive coordinator. So what has he not had to worry about that is a big dynamic as a head coach? It's calling timeouts. Yes. Like, like we think as a fan, it's such a simple dynamic of like, okay, well, obviously he needs to call a timeout here in this situation for whatever the case. Needs to stop the clock before a punt or, um, you know, they want to get the ball back with enough time so that maybe they could score before the half where things are going so quickly on the sidelines and and you've never had to do this before. Now, I understand he has been involved with a football team way longer than anybody else obviously all combined have, but this is still new to him. And so I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, but what I think this is is really I'm not sure if he feels fully confident in being down on the sidelines by himself. Okay, mm -hmm. I, I think it's very much a Ed Donatell is my guy. Okay, this is my best buddy in the NFL, and it's a little bit of a calming presence in knowing that I could turn around and my guy is right there. You know, yeah. he doesn't feel like he's on this island. And again, this is just my thoughts. Uh, you know, this is just a one guy's thoughts, but um, he, he doesn't feel that he's on this island alone and that he's coaching all by himself and that. You know, and, and I think at some point there is going to be a time where Donatel does go up to the to the box so that he can have this bird's eye view. Uh, I wish it was a little bit sooner because I agree. Yeah. I, I think if Ed Donatel is in the box against Oakland, he sees a couple things that he's thinking, OK, guys, mayday, mayday. This situation right now with uh, Isaac Adam, not good. It's not yeah. working out. We can't we and, can't continually do this. And And what I'd say is. Get Donatello up in the booth. I understand. Yeah, he has that relationship with Donatello, and I agree. Fangio looks uncomfortable on the sidelines right now, and and maybe having Donatello he down there helps. But you know who else you have on the coaching staff? Mike Munchak, who has been an NFL head coach, a really respective offensive mind. If you're 
you know, feeling flustered on the sidelines, lean on him. I think defensive calling is such or but defensive I, but play I, calling is such a role that's so important to have. Up yeah, I don't know if it's the same though. I, I don't know if it's the same as like you know, because again, he brought Donatell from yeah. Chicago to Denver. It's his guy, his kind of it's that connection of like, I fully entrust you. I, I don't think it's so much as a fully, in, it, it's a lack of trust to send him to the box to do it by himself. I think it's more of a comfort on the sideline thing. And I think as the games progress, uh, it, it will get better. And, and then he'll feel comfortable enough to where, you know what? Yeah. Don't until you do need to be up in the box because you need to see the bird's eye view while I'm down here. So, but again, that's just one man's thoughts. It's the Broncos blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at tap 14, as well as our friends over there at pro football focus. Okay. Final, uh, little thought or key that is going to be the difference in this game. I think this is the biggest one. This one may be a little bit more low hanging fruit than others, but I think it's Joe Flacco thrown into the bears defense. Look, if they don't see success, I don't anticipate them. This is why I'm going here. I don't anticipate the Broncos to be able to run the ball to the tune of five, five and a half yards per carry against the bears defense. I just don't see that. So I think this is going to be one of those games where Flacco is going to have to throw the ball 40, 45 times. And genuinely that has been a recipe for disaster for Joe Flacco against uh, other teams in Baltimore. You know, there were multiple times last year where he threw the ball 45, 50 plus times. And you saw his completion percentage in the fifties. They lost the game, low scoring. He just didn't have a good game. It's it's there's more talent on this Broncos offense. So I think he can perform better, but I think, it's proving to the Broncos faithful that they can, he can be the guy to win them a game that hasn't been the confidence over the past couple of years. Nobody entrusted Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch, Mark Sanchez, go down the list, the roulette wheel of failures at quarterback that the Broncos haven't been able to trust to win them a game. I think Flacco has to do that this weekend against the bears. I agree. And I think, Another big part of it for Flacco will be uh, being smart with the football. I, I think, yeah, with the play-action game, you're going to take some some deep shots. And like you said, I don't think you can necessarily run the ball on this Bears defense. But you got to control the football. And the Broncos couldn't do that against the Raiders, especially in the first half. Um, against the Bears defense, it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think either the Bears win like 13-10 or the Broncos So you're saying take the under. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I think you just... If you're not able to run the ball, and I think you're right with Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith, it's going to be tough sledding. But I think you can supplement that run game with quick passes, hitting Sutton on those slants that were so successful against the Raiders, hitting Emmanuel Sanders on a quick out or a quick in route. You're saying take the Raiders playbook that they utilize against the Broncos and use it against the Bears. That's pretty much what I think you're going to have to do. The strength of this Bears secondary isn't in their press covers – or their or their zone cover or like up against the line. You know, what what their strength is is having Eddie Jackson on the back end, shutting down everything over the top, getting interceptions. And a lot of the times he takes those for pick sixes. I think you have to stay clear of that and and just attack the Bears underneath and show that you have the patience to just dink and dunk your way down the field like the Raiders did to the Broncos. Your final key of the game, Zach. My final key is going back over on the defensive side and again, a little more low hanging fruit. Isaac Yadam against these Bears corners. Uh, 
Allen Robinson is so much better than him. I hope they have Chris Harris Jr. just track Allen Robinson. But even still, Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller have speed that yes. can just scorch you at him. Yeah, you particularly Gabriel. Against, oh, absolutely. And Williams is a better all-around player. Tyrell Williams, that is, is a better all-around player than Gabriel and Miller. But Gabriel and Miller have much more, or especially Gabriel, has much more explosive speed. And you saw how Tyrell Williams blew by Yadam on that yeah. one deep route. Yadam didn't even get in his way or anything. It was just chase after the guy and hope he doesn't score a touchdown. I think you can see a lot of that against Gabriel and Miller. I think they could beat him all day long unless Simmons or Yadam step up. Well, I will say this. I, I have, look, I've taken a little bit of flack because I believe Isaac Yadam is a better player than what he showcased on Monday night. I, 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 I think he's a better player than that. He really showed out in preseason. He looked really good in, pre, in training camp, and I get it. That's, it was a real surprise how much he struggled. It really was. Um, I think there is going to be a li- First of all, I think Isaac Yadam is going to play better. Um, but also, I think there will be a focus, and there will be a little bit of an understanding that we're going to leave Isaac Yadam out there. And we're going to see how he does one-on-one against some of these wide receivers. But if he gets beat once, twice, I think there's going to be an overemphasis to say, you know what, maybe we do need to pull the plug on this Mm. and we need to throw a boss be out there or we need to have a safety cheat over or we got to do something so that it doesn't look like the Raiders game where they're beaten six, seven times in a row. Because again, it's one of those things where if you are beaten again in instant replay, where it's six, seven different throws where they are just torching Isaac Adam and the defense doesn't go out there. Now we don't, we don't even talk about Isaac Adam anymore. We talk about the idea that the coaching staff is so incompetent that they can't see this or they can't realize that. And it's a whole different narrative. So I, I think there is going to be an overemphasis, but I, I, I do agree. That is going to be a huge key to this game. And, and also I, agree with you that I think it's important that he has those one-on-one matchups and there will be points in this game and any game he ever plays where you are on an island with your guy and you just have to shut him down. They have to rely on early early on though I think it's very important to build his confidence and help him out with some uh having Justin Simmons over the top or whatever because he struggled so much And, and I think confidence is so key for corners uh NFL Network did a series this offseason looking at the prototypical uh, traits you want in each position and a sure. quarterback the cornerback I mean they interviewed all these top corners and almost unanimously they said the number one thing wasn't feet or hands or or ball skills it was confidence and I think Yadam's confidence took a beating against the Raiders he was the worst player on the Broncos I think one could argue yeah absolutely and so I think at least early you have to help him build some of that confidence and swagger back up and, and give him some help early before and it, you can ask him to go back on. And the look, it may be a little bit of a worst case scenario. We're talking about a Broncos defense that was trying to play a little bit soft and then kind of a rally to the football defense here. Well, he actually made a couple plays. Uh, I think yeah. one on the wide receiver screen, he had a nice tackle. So it's not like he was, you know, just straight up not making tackles, but I think that soft zone also meant that, he was expecting a lot of the stuff to be in front of him. And then when Tyrell Williams just said, you know what, I'm just going to run past you. He was then falling behind. So it may be a little bit of a perfect storm kind of situation going on. And the hope is obviously Isaac Adam uh, plays much better than what he did on Monday night. Cause again, I, I truly believe this. 
Uh, he was one of my breakout players oh, this yeah. year. I think he is capable of being a better uh, corner than that. It was just, it was the opening of the season, kind of this perfect storm against what the Bears were playing, and then, or excuse me, the Raiders were playing, and then they they tried him deep. It really became obvious that he was not making, he was not able to cover, and they started picking on him because you're obviously not picking on Chris Harris. So it was kind of this this perfect storm that unfortunately just uh, did not bode well for him. Not yeah, all. not so, at all. Uh, what would you expect from this game when it comes to a win-loss? Uh, are you picking the Broncos in this game? Give me your uh, predictions. I am going to give them a win. I think Fangio's motivated to beat his old team. I think the team has to bounce back after that Raiders game. And one thing that doesn't get mentioned, going back to your Flacco point, he is a much, much, much better home quarterback than a road quarterback. His road winning percentage is 43%. Home winning percentage, nearly 75%. Yeah. It, it's a startling difference. Um, so I think the, and they're always good opening up at home. I think they get back home, get back to basics and they win like 13, 10, 10, seven. It's going to look a lot like the season opener in Chicago. It's funny. Cause we talk about how defense is so strong and you know how it's going to be a gritty game. I think there's going to be a little bit more of a surprising offensive. I guess I'm going to call it a surge. When you score 20 points against the bears defense, even though actually 20 points, that's a pretty low number in today's yeah. NFL. Um, I'm going to also give the Broncos a win. I, I think this is the the game that you're going to see the Broncos team come out and look like what I think they can be. I, I think they really got punched in the face Monday night and had this kind of shell-shocked look. I think the Raiders came out playing with their hair on fire because they wanted to prove to the mm. entire NFL that we didn't need to do it or we can do it without Antonio Brown. And last Monday night game in, in the black hole, I yeah. mean, atmosphere is important. Yeah, so I, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's something in the realm of 20 to 13 uh, tight game that uh, I think the Broncos offense comes out and, and uh, you know, looks good enough to win, scores enough points. The defense, look, I, I've watched Mitchell Trubisky for the last two years pretty closely, and I just, I just don't know if that, I don't know if he's the guy. If Fangio can't tear apart Mitch Trubisky, I mean, just, he's seen him in practice for at least two years of his career. He should be able to just, tear him apart well here's the thing though it's an interesting dynamic with that because you could say the exact same opposite though Mitchell Trubisky and that offense has they know exactly what Vic Fangio is doing because obviously he's seen it over the last two years but also because well he practices against it basically so it is going to be interesting to see how that matchup and that dynamic plays out if the Bears knowing Fangio, but also Fangio knowing about the Bears' offense and what they like to do, what they dislike to do. It's going to be a battle of powers, of course, at M Power Field at Mile High. Debut of uh, the new banner and uh, the new name for the stadium, of course, this coming Sunday as Chicago visits Denver. Of course, coming up, uh, we'll have more Broncos with podcasts that'll be Closer to the game, and then, of course, game day, where you can follow me on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, radio on Twitter. And, of course, Zach, where can they follow you on Twitter? And tell me a little bit about what you're writing coming up. Uh, I've got my Twitter, at Zach underscore Seegers. That's Zach with a C-H underscore S-E-G-A-R-S. And then, right now, I'm writing a key matchup preview, pretty much what we just did uh, on the Broncos. I'll dive a little deeper into some of those topics we just touched on today. And then I'll also be writing a three up, three down after the game, looking at, uh, you know, three of the Broncos trending up and three of them going down. And uh, one thing for all the draft Knicks out there, uh, it's a little early. I'm already looking at uh, some of the best um, 
local Colorado college players who are going to head into the pros, as well as some of the best uh, draft prospects on the offensive side of the ball uh, the Broncos could target in my uh, new series, What's on Draft. So make sure to check that out as well. LaVisca Chenault. Uh, LaVisca Chenault. I'll you take got... LaVisca Chenault. <laughs> Monta Mustafa Johnson is pretty good too. I'll though. take LaVisca <laughs> Chanel. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. We appreciate it. Of course, as always, you could follow him on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie radio. And of course the Broncos blitz podcast where, well, with the Broncos blitz podcast, of course, a daily podcast, you can find it at mile And of course on the mobile app where you can take this podcast on the go. So maybe you don't get a chance to listen immediately, but what you can do is game day, Throw it up on the phone while you're driving to Empower Field. And then, of course, well, during your tailgate, just play it for everybody. We'll give a shout out <laughs> to all our tailgaters out there. Be sure to check out the Broncos Blitz podcast on the mobile app. That's free for Apple and Android. We're all done for the Broncos Blitz podcast. We really appreciate you tuning in to our daily podcast, of course, all presented by our friends over there at Pro Football Focus, as well as our friends at Tap 14. You can find more info on the Broncos between discussions, interviews, player profiles, all that great stuff coming up at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. See you, all To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.